0: Plushcare.com slash weight loss.
1: Welcome to Jetpacks Are Overrated. Welcome again to Jetpacks Are Overrated. I'm Seamus Byrne. I thought I'd do a bit of a roundup of this morning's WWDC. This morning here in Australia. Uh, I guess it was this morning in uh, America as well. It was just that it was. Three in the morning here as opposed to 10 a.m. over in California. Uh, But yeah, a bit of a roundup of the keynote from WWDC this year. A full virtual event, very different experience to usual. I was lucky enough to be there in person uh, last year and so tuning in online this year. But everybody was tuning in online for this one. And, you know, credit to Apple. They're always good at the polish on these sorts of events, and in this case, uh, even in the sort of pandemic mode, they managed to deliver a a pre-record, very slick event rather than, uh, you know, sticking Tim Cook in front of a a Zoom connection (laughs) to talk to us all live. Um, I think they did the very Apple version of what they were talking about. So we got the latest news on iOS 14. The next big update there, we got news on Mac OS Big Sur, which is the next uh, version for uh, the Mac operating system. And, of course, iPad OS, TV OS, and Watch OS. So I just wanted to run down some of the things that jumped out at me uh, in this year's uh, lineup. And look, uh, and I'm, I'm going to kind of go based on my notes, so this is really uh, the order in which things fell out during uh, the conversations today, and um, the first part was, of course, iOS 14 itself, uh, and the fact that we're going to get widgets everywhere finally on the uh, on the iPhone. Um, of course, widgets were uh, one of those things that always lived just off to the uh, left swipe from your home screen uh, in iOS, um, when they introduce them. And then, of course, there's been something over on Android has been available on uh, pretty much any home screen that you like uh, since the earliest days pretty much of uh, Android. But... Um, And, you know, I discussed this on the the main ByteSide show uh, earlier, but uh, it's one of those cases where I think it's not the kind of thing that would make me switch which operating system I use, but it's absolutely going to be really nice to have that feature uh, available to us in future. Um, And this really kind of means that, uh, well, the, the other part of that is the idea of the app library. So instead of just forcing us to kind of have more and more and more uh, screens kind of uh, heading off into the right-hand side, the more apps you install, uh, they're adding this new app library. And so that idea means that we're gonna get one screen with automatically sorted um, groupings of all of our apps. Uh, as well as the most used of any category being sort of available uh, at a quick touch. So that looks like quite a nice little idea that's kind of coming in there. And it means then we only put things on actual home screens uh, when we use them a lot. And uh, instead, a lot more like the desktop. I know I'm a big user of the spotlight feature on the desktop to launch applications. Uh, And so I think they're encouraging us towards that idea of pull down to search for any app you're looking for, and then you can launch it uh, with a search which is going to be a really handy way to do it um one of the other big things is picture in picture um it's one of those cases where i'm like i don't know how much i'd use it but um that idea of being able to kind of flick things off to the side and still watch things that's going to be um you know nice little feature as well we get a big siri update um if you're a current user uh one of the ideas there is going to be that siri is now not going to take over your entire ui if you ask a question, I apologize if I've just uh, triggered uh, the keyword uh, to bring up your personal assistant on your phone by mentioning uh, its name um, but there was some interesting stuff there around um, also lots of new kind of data sources that they brought in to help answer lots of other random questions not just kind of helping you um, trigger different events and things uh, on your phone Um, Translate is also going to be now uh, directly on board uh, as a feature on on your iOS devices, Uh, being able to do on-device machine learning uh, and a clever thing like side-by-side mode, so that you can have a conversation with someone and it will auto detect uh, who is speaking in which language and then translate it for the other person. Um, Seems like a nice little feature. But look, there's heaps of different things. There's new emoji stuff. There's uh inline <laughs> I have actually managed to trigger Siri on my uh watch uh by talking about her. <laughs> but look, um messages, inline replies, uh that's gonna be a nice thing for group chats. Uh, FaceTime is apparently getting sign language translation. Now, that is going to be a really interesting feature to see in action. Um, app Clips, that's another one of the big new ideas, and that's around being able to have little small parts of apps accessed um, just by sort of either tapping on an NFC or photographing a QR code, or they said there'll also be Apple-specific uh, codes that will be available but it kind of means you can quickly get to something you need. The big example they used was Yelp as uh, one of those services where you might walk into a restaurant and you can kind of look at the, The code and it will pop up some Yelp information about that restaurant uh, then and there. Um, Or for even just kind of experiencing bits and pieces of apps. But that's going to be an interesting one to see how that plays out. Um, They said that um, it's all based on existing app structures. So it should be quite easy for developers to make these app clips available. Apple Maps is getting a whole bunch of updates. Um, I think we're a long way past the joke era of when Apple Maps was. A big mess. Um, we're getting some kind of clever things like cycling maps, uh, even routing to EV charging uh, to help you kind of find the best path to somewhere to make sure that your electric vehicle stays charged if that's what you're driving, um, and things like city guides. I think one of the main issues that we have here in Australia with Apple Maps is sometimes when they announce these features, it can be quite a while before those features make it outside the US. Um, so it's always interesting to see when they arrive for us. The Kind of second coolest thing uh, out of all the really cool things that we've seen at the event today was definitely CarPlay getting unlock car uh, unlock features for your car. And as I said on Twitter earlier, by your car, we mean a 2021 BMW 5 Series, uh, if that happens to be your next vehicle. Um, good luck to you if it is. Uh, But the technology itself is clearly going to be something that will roll out over time. Um, It uses the U1 chip that was introduced last year into the iPhone. So that's this ultra-wideband chip technology. Uh, There was a lot of talk about the fact that it's this clever directional technology and people weren't quite sure what it was going to be used for in particular. And so now we're seeing this as one of those first things. Um, Interesting elements to this, of course, is, you know, if, you rightly have the fear of what if my phone runs out of batteries and I can't get in my car. Uh, the uh, I heard from sort of some people that the car can actually start for five hours after your phone runs out of battery. So that's a really interesting element here. Um, so it essentially keeps enough power in reserve that when your phone shuts off that that chip, I guess, is still getting enough power to be able to sort of deliver this sort of a service. You can also share keys to your vehicle with other people who are on iOS devices, and that is a nice thing. Where it's not just to unlock; it's not just to kind of give full access to your car. You could say to somebody, "I'm going to give that person the ability to unlock my car, so they can just go and get something out of the car for me," or you can give them the start privileges so that they could drive the car. And they even mentioned the BMW's uh, implementation of the tech. Has the power to even do things like restrict horsepower, restrict top speed, even restrict the maximum audio volume in the car. So like some really interesting features attached to this idea that goes a long way beyond just, oh, so what, it's like a digital key. Um, so that's going to be interesting. And they said there's also going to be sort of based around some new uh, standards that mean that this could kind of spread quite quickly into other auto manufacturers over coming years. So that's actually a pretty, pretty cool feature. I think the third big thing that stood out for me, so um, I think widgets, you know, kind of stood out because it's going to be a big change to our interface Uh the car key aspect of CarPlay, and then AirPods Pro. A great update that's coming to uh, to the AirPods is the idea of spatial audio. And so that is being able to, um, all the way up to Dolby Atmos, being able to create those kinds of surround sound experiences uh, using clever processing, but also the idea that it's going to use accelerometers in the earbuds to basically Shift the sound field so that if you turn your head to the right, the front and the back is still going to stay in relationship to where the screen is. I think that's a really, really cool feature. Uh, And then likewise, if you move where the screen is, it's going to monitor the accelerometer in the screen uh, and also, uh, you know, manipulate where that sound field is pointing. I think that's a really cool thing. Uh, I asked a question um, in sort of a follow-up briefing about whether this could be applied to augmented reality technology, Um, and they said there's nothing to talk about at the moment in that regard, but I think that's a really interesting thought to explore, the idea that that kind of spatial audio could be applied in really interesting ways when you Think about augmented reality, and these devices have been becoming very, very good uh, for augmented reality experiences. And just another little touch for AirPods Pro is the idea of seamless switching. So that means your AirPods. Let's say you, let's say you kind of you've been walking around, you're listening to a podcast on your AirPods, and then you sit down at your desk and you start working. The AirPods will automatically switch to the audio for your MacBook. Or, you know, over to your iPad if you start doing things on the iPad. So really interesting idea to be able to take any of that manual um, process out of it and just let you get on with doing interesting things. So really, really like that. Um, The other really sort of big thing uh, is around kind of the idea of uh, for iPad in particular, I guess, scribbling everywhere. Uh, So kind of Newton 2.0 if you're old enough to remember that whole side of the uh, Apple era uh, in the first round uh, of of Steve Jobs's tenure there. Uh, and that was the idea you would kind of just actually write words on a screen of a, of a little kind of PDA, and then it would convert them into text. And the Newton was notoriously bad at that. Um, but nowadays I'm sure that this new scribble technology is actually very, very good. Uh, We've gotten a lot further at handwriting recognition in the last 25 years. Uh, So, yeah, this is, I think, a really kind of interesting idea to be able to... Things like if you just start writing with Apple Pencil into a search box, it will just... Uh, let that search take place based on your handwriting. Uh, and even things like being able to just draw diagrams, uh, it will straighten lines, it will make arrows look nice. If you draw a, a hexagon, it will you know, ask you if you want to convert it into a real hexagon. Um, so there's lots of kind of clever parts of this idea of making the pencil much more than just a drawing uh, interface for certain kinds of areas. And even a smart selection feature, which I like. So that's if you've been writing with the pencil, being able to tap and select the text and will only select the text, not like boxes and diagrams and things. So you could start to essentially cut and paste text that you've been writing uh, or move it around on the screen. So really, really cool stuff with that. Um, The other really big one is, of course, Mac OS itself. Uh, Interesting to see that it's kind of the end of the OS X era, Um, Because with Mac OS Big Sur, we noticed that the version number is officially 11.0. And they did say it's the biggest update since the introduction of OS X. So very interesting when you actually see the version number uh, shift like that, that they really, really mean it. Um, Of course, this is tied to the idea that the Mac is transitioning also to Apple's own Silicon Chips the end of the Intel era, uh, it's been about 15 years since they moved from PowerPC to Intel, and they really sort of pointed out the idea that their own chips have been doing so amazingly well on, uh, on the iPhone and on the iPad that they felt it was the right time to make the move. It also means that uh, native support for, uh, for iOS apps and iPad OS apps starts to become a prospect and they're doing a lot of sort of translation technology with what they're calling Rosetta 2. We had kind of an original Rosetta era during that first uh, transition from PowerPC to Intel. And so this is the idea of basically having uh, apps translated in real time to run on these uh, new processes. It's going to be a really, really interesting um, time and a tricky one to think about. Do you buy the first generation of the new chips or do you by the last generation of the Intel chips uh, and kind of ride out uh, one direction or the other. Interesting, interesting times. But macOS itself looks really different based on what we saw today. Um, Much more like uh, kind of iPad on steroids, uh, with sort of the, yeah, the glossy looks and things that really do look reminiscent um of something more like iPad. I know that's going to worry a lot of users because there are a lot of people who have really worried that sort of Apple has lost its focus on the Mac. And this idea of shifting its interface to look a lot more like the iPad and iOS is a really, uh, yeah, that's a cause for concern for some. But The proof will be in the pudding when we get to start playing with this stuff. The betas are, of course, now available for uh, developer previews. Um, So uh, never put this on a production device. That is the worst thing you could possibly do. This is a beta. Things will break. So don't put it anywhere that's too important. Um, But I am hoping to start messing around with this a little bit on a spare device here at uh, my office uh, to get a better feel for what exactly is going on here Lots more uh, bits and pieces, of course, for the hardcore developer crowd happening over the next few days. But that is all the really big news. I'm sure I've missed a bunch of things. If I've missed anything that you're particularly excited about, then give me a shout. I'm at Seamus on Twitter, or you can, of course, contact me via Byteside. Byteside Byteside.com is the URL for finding this show and all the other shows. You can search ByteSide. In your podcast app to find all the shows in the network. Uh, And of course, you can email me ask at biteside.com if you want to shout out, ask any questions, uh, or just get in touch. Until next time, we'll talk to you soon.
0: My business used to be weighed down by the complexities of in person payments. Then,